Hello, everyone, and welcome to another small screen Star Wars. As always, I am Julian Musha. I'm joined by Rachel Wilkinson. Hello. And we're going to be talking about today Andor Season 1, Episode 12, the finale. You know, all, we all start crying now. Such a, <laughs> um, titled Rick Road. The logline for this episode is Cassian returns home to Ferrix, a tinderbox that is experiencing a spark of rebellion. I love that. This is the best logline yet for this season. Not even. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. Um, tinderbox, by the way, uh, I, I think that's fairly self-explanatory, but for those who might not know, uh, is what it sounds like. It's a little box full of super flammable stuff <laughs> used for starting a... Um, and uh, uh, a spark would be enough, in theory, to, to light it on fire. So the spark of rebellion. Yes. The light that sparks the what's the line that uh, that Poe says in in the Last Jedi? The sp- oh god, the spark that lights the fire that burns the Empire, the First Order down, <laughs> or something like that. Yeah, I don't. Anyway, it's a good line. Just sure. think of that line, not my version of it. But just think of that. Um, so here's the plan. <laughs> they were going to be breaking down the whole uh, the final season here, or sorry, the final episode. Uh, looking back briefly on our thoughts on the season. And uh, we're going to try to keep it to about an hour uh, just because, yeah, update on my travels. I'm still in Australia. This is the, of course, the timing works out. This is the last episode for Andor, but also the last week I'm in Australia. So by the next time we come back to do more Star Wars stuff, it's going to probably be um, The Bad Batch, I think. It's the next show, uh, January, yeah. I believe. Uh, but I'll be okay, back in Canada yeah. by then. Um, yeah. and, and there will be a small break, I think, between, uh, you know, uh, for those who follow the, 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 the main yeah. feed, the Tower Babel feed, I'm going to get back. I'm going to take about a week off, get my feet under me again, and then we're going to get in. There's a bunch of news that we've missed. So I want to cover, right. I'll get Jeremy back on the show and we'll talk about that. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Um, by the way, uh, we are also going to be coming up to the end of the month, which means that we all three, myself, Rachel, and Jeremy need to watch Avatar because we're going to be covering that right. for our film club this month to get ready for The Way of Water. So you can I think it's back on Disney Plus now too. Oh, excellent. That's so perfect. Yeah. <laughs> um and uh so yeah, you know, follow that, listen to that, head over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash tower babblecast to find everything that we do um outside mm-hmm. of just the Star Wars stuff. Um, if you want to help support the show. As well, by the way, we mentioned this last week. Uh, one of the the perks of being a, a patron is that you get access to our Discord, and it's like a fun little group chat where we get to talk about Star Wars and Marvel stuff and and anything nerdy that's going on. Um, I just posted a Black Friday deal in there to see if it was any it was any good. Not really the deal, or whether or not the, what I was looking at was worth buying at all. Um, so that was been that's been fun. So it's 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 really uh, a good time, and the and the community is really great. So. Uh, <laughs> That's, again, patreon.com slash Tower Babblecast. Okay, uh, one other thing before we get into it, which is uh, I have an error to correct from last week. Um, okay. I incorrectly identified a call, or not identified, I called the ship that was looking for Mel- uh, uh, Melchi and Andor last week at the beginning of the episode, a TIE Defender. Mm. It's not a TIE Defender. It's a TIE Reaper. But ah, I, I, yes. Okay. I'm still thinking about that, like, I knew the, what the ship was. I just got the names confused. I think the TIE Defender is either the TIE that Vader flies or Kylo flies. No, 
Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, one of those two. Yeah. But it, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I don't know. It's the Tide Reaper, which is also a cool name, but it was introduced in yeah, Rogue One. Defenders, that was still correct. Tie Defenders are the ones that have like the three. They have three wings. Oh, right. Yeah, you know. So Tie Defender is the right. Yeah. It's the is that was the ship that um, uh, Admiral Thrawn was championing. Ones? Yeah, I'm that, pretty sure yeah. those are the ones that have their own, like they have um, shields on them too. They have a shape. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. So they're like way more deadly than and harder yes. to like blow up than the regular and ones. The, yeah. And the funding for that program was siphoned off to the Death Star project instead. Uh, yeah. So led to the, dis- the demise of the Empire. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> that's the okay. plant that blows up in Rebels too. The fuel yes. plant. That's right. That's right. Um, okay, so we get with the, the, the intro, the intro music, it's at its, at its peak, obviously for the season, turns out same music that we were going to hear later in the episode, um, from the band. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. I love that. Um, okay. So let's get into the recap. I think what we're going to do is we're going to talk about everything that leads up to the funeral, then everything on, then everything on Coruscant. And then we'll do the funeral and end every, sure. uh, and everything after that. Does that make sense? Sure. Yeah, that makes okay. sense. Okay. So that's what we'll do. So let's start where the episode starts. And we, sh- we start with a shot of Muhammad Bear, the actor who's playing the character Wilmon. Now, Wilmon might be a character that you may or may not remember. He's been around since the beginning of the season um, and is the son of the guy who owned the radio that... Bix was using. Yes. Yes. And who was ultimately tortured to death by the Empire. Yeah. So Wilmon, I think they ended up hanging him in the street is what they said they were going to do with him. I, you're absolutely, you're, you're right. Although I don't think we saw the body. Because no, we didn't see Disney it. Show. But yeah, 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 that's what, uh, that's what that one Imperial officer yeah, wanted to do. Yes. And she didn't care. Deidre was like, yeah, do whatever you want. Yeah, do whatever you want. You can, you can hang as many people as you like, as long as it doesn't interfere yeah. with my investigation. So, Wilmont's building a pipe bomb, and I just thought that when I, you know, when we when we see this, and it's intercut with a lot of different shots, and we'll talk about what's mm-hmm. kind of happening there. But you know, we already knew, and the episode calls it a tinderbox. We already knew that all these characters were converging on Ferrix, and and I was like, "Ooh, that's already so juicy." And then the, the show was like, "Wait, what if we made it even more interesting by adding a bomb into this?" Right, which adds <laughs> a whole element of suspense. I thought yeah, that was really yeah. brilliant. What did you think of this whole bomb building idea? Oh, yeah. The second I saw him, I was like, oh, yeah, he's obviously like so upset and so angry. And he's anytime you see somebody like meticulously building something with a lot of like slow movement and wires, I'm like, right, oh, that's yes. awesome. Like it's 100%. You know, <laughs> yep. so, yeah, it's like you can kind of see that this is very much starting to crumble. Like, you know what I mean? Like the the people are upset and yeah, it's like, well, where is he going to use this? So. Yeah, that was kind of my immediately immediate thought was like I I was just curious about his plan, which turns out to be not too much of a plan. But <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know if it's like yeah, I mean, when you're when you're kind of radicalized like that on your own, right? Because he's not really being like he's not being recruited to the rebellion or anything like that. It's kind of just an act. No, that you just kind of lash out, you know. So he just wants yeah. to just lash out and, and and get some some you know a pound of flesh, as it were. So yeah. Anyway, so this scene is intercut with many scenes. Uh, but the first one that it's intercut with is a really cool shot of the of a Lambda shuttle arriving on Ferrix at night with a storm mm-hmm. in the you know uh, kind of it's, happening yeah, in the background. 
Yeah. Carrying uh, Dedra and her escort of death troopers, which is, I think, a shot we've seen from the trailers. It's very, very classic Star Wars. In fact, so much so that they, the next yeah. shot that they cut it with is a shot of two stormtroopers just guarding the hotel. And it's framed in this really kind of like stilted way, in my opinion, but intentionally so. It reminds me of the shot of like um, the stormtrooper, those space stormtroopers outside the Death Star when the when the Millennium Falcon's being brought in. You know what I'm talking about? They're just kind of standing out there. Oh, looking okay. Around. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Do you get these odd these these shots in Star Wars where you just see stormtroopers looking at stuff? You know, they're not saying anything or doing anything yeah. usually. <laughs> and it's I, I yeah. think it's like it really makes brings the 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 feel of Star Wars back into this episode which hasn't the show hasn't always felt like traditional Star Wars and I think we've all we've agreed that that's been a good thing mostly right. and uh so this is another just like small little thing like oh you know that really works for me these little two stormtroopers just kind of standing there one's kind of just like looks super bored but it just the way it's framed and the and everything about it I I I just thought okay classic Star Wars stuff so yeah. I don't know if you noticed that. Um, no, I didn't notice that much detail. I just noticed that. I just like the shot of her land, like in that shuttle landing. I thought it was really just, you know, beautiful, but creepy the way Star right. Wars likes to be. Oh, yeah, so. totally. Um, and so she is obviously a lot arriving on the planet just like everyone else is for the same reason. Um, and uh, she has no time for pleasantries. Uh, she's going to get changed so she can recon the town. She's going to change into civilian clothes and take a small escort to avoid detection. Although we, we, we know that Mm -hmm. the ISB are, are, they stick out like a sore thumb. Everyone seems to know who the, who they are when, when when they're dressed in civilian clothes. Um, Even that like spy guy, his hat, it's like, okay, it just looks like you have a different color of an ISB hat. That and he's talking (laughs) to himself and like, he's talking to himself basically into a radio. Like you couldn't yeah. look more suspicious. <laughs> Come on. Um, yeah, exactly. But it comes back to what Cassian said in that third episode, which is that like, they can't even imagine that people could figure them out. Like they're so smug and arrogant no. that they think that they no. can just basically hide in plain sight like that and no one would know. But like, come on, everyone knows. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, there's, there's another, I guess one other thing you should mention is that Wilmot has like the hollow of his dad, like his kind of like his mugshot. Mm-hmm. Uh, that he's using as like uh, uh, I guess inspiration, and and the music here is really ominous. I think the music in this episode is like Chef's Kiss, good. Like, oh, not just the good. music yes. we get from the yeah. band later, which I think is like next level good, but then also everything everything else feels very tr- like we get a lot of orchestral music, which we haven't really had a lot of in this show. It's been a lot of mm-hmm. digital music, and it, again, coming back to that traditional Star Wars feel, the orchestral music really drives that home. Right. It really feels like. That oh, yeah. Opera. Yeah. Um, so Dedra. Off into the town. Meanwhile, Zan. So there's a lot of characters here that we're going to meet again for the like we're, we're reintroduced to. And then the show is expecting you to remember right. who they are and what their relationships are. I don't expect everyone to remember that because I certainly didn't. So um, I'm going to help as best I can. So Zan, <clears throat> who's the guy that Cassie and briefly spoke to last week on the phone passed him the news of his mother's pa- passing um but was also the guy that helped him um or was going to help him in ep- the first arc as well he was the guy who has the shipping company um and anyway so he meets up with brasso and actually by the way we should remember zan is a character you should remember because the show fault this episode follows zan for most of the episode yes. he's kind of a yeah. b character 
and he does he meets an untimely death but i think the the way that this episode sets him up or reminds us about him and then you know places him into this situation the shots of his face everything we know about what he's mm-hmm. thinking as as things are happening or we can infer about what he's thinking as the, the things are happening around him makes his death very impactful so i, I actually really yes i'd say so it. too yeah um so Zan is telling Brasso, uh, as he's getting off work, apparently he's been waiting there for Brasso to get off his shift, that, um, that he spoke with Andor and that he, quote, it was a very short conversation. <laughs> yeah. They agree to keep this new secret since, you know, everyone's watching them. But another character that has also not been around since the beginning of the season, Nurchi, the guy Andor owed money to, uh, who had that big alien as like a uh, muscle. <laughs> Um, is lurking yes, in the shadows yes. and watching. It's not clear if he actually, I don't think he hears what they're saying, but he kind of picks up on there's something going on. Um, so he's also brought in to kind of add a little bit more tension. which I, It's like, I didn't think the show was capable of adding this many layers. And I would, I would argue that this finale does suffer a little bit from maybe relying on these tertiary characters that we haven't really okay. you know, had much time yeah. with. Um, being a major component of this episode. And I, I just think that a lot of that, a lot of emotional weight, it, it, first of all, this episode made me cry. I'll just make that very clear. I cried again oh, while rewatching yeah. it. It's a tearjerker for sure. It's extremely emotionally compelling, especially when we get to the band portion of the, of the episode. But um, for me, I was confused about like what were the stakes of the actual funeral at this point because you know and Andor's now on the ground. What does that mean? Um, you know, what's everyone trying to accomplish was un- was not entirely clear to me. I thought that was a kind of a failing of the episode, especially oh, in my okay. first watch. Yeah, yeah. you know, because like, it's like, what? Okay, we're get, we're gonna have the funeral and they're, we're gonna put them in a box. Was that was Dedra's whole idea? But then, like, what does that mean? Um, who, where does, how does Andor fit into this whole thing? If he knows that there's, yeah. you know, there's this massive uh, contingent of, of Imperials, what is that? Like, how does that affect him? He's going after Bix, like that now, that becomes the main crux of it. It's like, there's so many, I think, moving parts in this. And then like Luthen's there, what's his, what's he going to do? Is he just watching? You know, there's, so right, I feel like right, yeah. we talked about all these characters coming back together, but I don't feel like the, the, the weight of all those characters together was really seen, which I think is unfortunate. That all being said, I still thought this was a very well done finale. I just wanted to mention there was a, some gripes here about kind of, I think, missed opportunity to really hone in and center on our core characters. But We spent a lot of time with these tertiary characters, and that's fine because I think it does the job of showing the, that spark of rebellion that they keep talking about. The thing that Luthen, Luthen talked about, about how the Empire right. tightens its grip, you know, and, and what Leia says, the tighter you, you know, squeeze your fist, the more star systems will slip through your fingers. It's the same idea here. We're seeing these people. Um, I, you, um, we also hear it in the, uh, the manifesto about how small acts of insurrection are happening all the time. Um, so, yeah, I think it, it does a good job of, of demonstrating that, which is a core theme of the episode or of the season. But when you're talking about a, yeah. a, a, a season finale, I, you know, we spend almost no time with Andor. Like he probably has the least screen time this episode of, of almost any character except for maybe Mom <laughs> Mothma, you know. So I don't know. I just think that's interesting. Uh, you know, 
good or bad, take it or leave it. That's uh, that's kind of what I think. I guess on that on that note, while we're just taking a pause here, a little side um, sidebar. What do you think of the kind of the episode as a whole? Its structure, its pacing. Yeah, I mean, like as a whole, I I honestly just I I don't think I have as many I guess maybe as gripes as as you do on, on that end. Um, I understand what you're getting at about like. A li- wanting a little bit more from it and a little bit more about like not necessarily why but yeah just a little bit more maybe interaction between all these characters instead mm-hmm. of them all kind of still being separate at the end um but yeah i i very much just liked how everything played out and how everything went with it like it, it went a lot differently than i thought it was going to oh yeah so that, i think that's a good point it was not at all predictable yeah which i think is which is really no good. it wasn't which i yeah which is what i liked about it like it, to me it would have been kind of just a bummer if it was just like this cat and mouse chase of like isb chasing cassie in the whole time and you know uh luthan also trying to chase him like that kind of would have been a little i don't know just too predictable so i, I liked that it played out the way it did i think right um, okay, so back to the recap. Speaking of watching, which was what Nulchi or Nurchi was doing, uh, lots of watch people watching other people in this episode. So we pick up briefly with our local ISP yeah. spy who is being who is watching Cinta, who's being watched by Cinta, excuse me. Um, and back with Zan. This is, I thought this was a little, so this is why it's interesting that Zan is like kind of a central character in this episode. So back with Zan, Nurchi is kind of greasing him up with booze to get him to guess slip up and yeah, reveal some yeah. information. He's kind of like, and he's Dan of doing it like a little ham fist. He's like, oh man, it would really be a shame if Andor knew about his mother's passing. It'd be crazy for him to come back here. Well, that would be so stupid of him, right? Am I right, yeah. guy? <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and he's like, you want, oh man, you want another beer? You look like you're thirsty, and he look he already looks so drunk at this point. Yeah. So, I just thought that was really interesting, and and he so he totally does slip up. He says like, "I wouldn't be so sure about him not knowing." It's like, oh my god, yeah. Could you be more? Could you be worse at your job? Um, so Nurchi seems very pleased with himself. Um, at, at the end of the scene, what did you make of this kind of little, this little uh, kind of sidebar that these guys do actually? Yeah, I mean. These little sidebars, I feel like this is kind of like that classic getting information out of a drunk guy thing. Like we see it across like all sorts right. of different shows and movies and stuff, right? So, um, yeah, like you're always curious. Like you're still not too sure, I guess, about his motivations, but you can kind of tell it's not good motivation, right? So, yeah, you're just, you would hope that Zan had a little bit more sense about him, but I guess Nurji just knows how to play him, right? Especially even right. when he tells him, like, oh, don't I, if you know something I don't, like keep it to yourself. Which is right. like, which is so a, funny. A, a, a very specific move to make if you know the person right. well enough, where if you're like, if you tell them not to tell you, it's gonna make them want to tell you more. So <laughs> it's or, like or to very, help, to obviously help, reverse like, psychology, but right. Also to kind of send them off your trail. It's like, well, who did you tell? Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, I didn't tell anyone. I mean, I mean, I didn't say anything. Nurchi maybe thought something, but I, he said he didn't want to know. You know, yeah. So it's like that yeah. kind of thing. You know, so it's, it's kind of covers. Well, I think his, the, his, but I think what they imply is that Zan tells him more stuff after that. Oh, you think so? See it. Yeah, I think it, it's oh, that. Oh, interesting. He straight because he straight up knows where, like, what yeah, where they're meeting and everything. Cassian yeah. is in. Yeah, so it's right. like he that he knows too much for him to have just kind of like deduced it himself. Well, maybe he's um, been following so it. Like it seems like maybe he's be. following people and stuff right. like that. So maybe, but you're you're poss- it's possibly right. I mean, 
that might to me that that's kind of how it's true. Seemed, yeah, that is true. It certainly adds more to the weight of his death, right? Where he kind of joins mm-hmm. in on the rebellion despite you know yeah. selling out his friend. Um, yeah, I don't think he meant to. I don't think he knew that he was selling right. him out. I think he just thought he was talking. Yeah, how to would, another why would he? Friend. Why would he give him that much information? Like we're going to meet yeah, with him here. Know. This is what's going to happen. I mean, I don't know. I that 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 would be a bridge too far for me. Anyway, oh, yeah, fair enough. Um, so Vel and Cinta are reunited, and Vel is surprised uh, surprises Cinta at her at their like mutual hideout, I guess. And apparently, Cinta was supposed to pick up Vel from the airport, but when she saw that the ISB supervisor Dedra was wandering around town dressed as civilians, she had to leave Vel to find her own way home and follow mm-hmm. Dedra instead, which I yes. think really stung Vel. Is the implication. I think so too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cinta intuits, she's kind of like in her, she, in her manic phase. Cinta intuits that the ISP knows that Andor is coming to Ferrix. And to them, that means the game is on. They have to get to them first. You know, the, yes. the, the racing the Empire to, to basically take out, take Andor off the board. Vel is still emotional. Uh, but is trying to play it cool. She says that she understands the the importance of it all. She's clearly hurt that Cinta, you know, prioritized uh, couldn't, I guess, again, mm-hmm. prioritize the relationship over the job. Not even this time. Not even once. And she says, "quote unquote," she knows when she's pressed on the importance of the mission. But you can tell her heart isn't in it. And yeah, and yeah, I, th- that's so interesting. So she's kind of just going through the motions at this point. Like, I, wasn't she supposed to be on Chandrilla? Yeah, I wasn't expecting her to really even be here. Um, Yeah, it's, I don't know. I get the feeling, and maybe I'm wrong about this, that that Vel, like, doesn't necessarily, like, see eye to eye with this whole, like, killing Cassian thing. Um, Yeah, Uh, I don't know. I just, maybe she does, maybe she doesn't. But I think she doesn't care about that, is what I think. I think she doesn't care about that, and I think she, what she cares about is wanting to run away with Cinta. And yes, Cinta yes. doesn't care about that. And yeah. so there's like a friction there. I do find it interesting. I mean, she says, you know, come away from the window. And there's this kind of softness that comes across Cinta at, the t- at, at that moment. Yeah, yeah. And Cinta seems to recognize that Belle is hurt or she's, be- or she's, she's feeling feelings. Um, and then we <laughs> cut away before we see anything else happen. I, what do you think happens there? Do they make up? What's like? Uh, it's yeah, left like maybe. It's just to me, like, I don't, not that I don't care about it. It's just that part of the story just like, isn't, I guess, important to me. Like their right. relationship to me is like, it's like, great. I just don't, I'm like, not sure, invested why not? in it. Yeah. Yeah. Like to me, I'm not invested in it. So I'm like, it, it I would be a little bit more, <laughs> I think on Cinta's side of like, okay, like we'll get through that. We just need to get through this like thing this huge right. thing that's probably about to happen. And then, yeah, like then we can talk about like whatever else, then we can figure out what our next move is and where we want to go with this. It's just like, I think Vel just showing up and immediately thinking that Cinta's going to drop everything and then just not do her job anymore is like kind of ridiculous. I but. think she knows in her heart of hearts that that's not going to happen, but yeah. she's constantly disappointed because she's hoping that, you know, one day that'll change, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, this can be, I, that is a challenging thing to have as a, in a relationship. Now, I know this is kind of like a, it's not even a C plot. It's like a D plot, I think at this point. Right. But like, yeah. I, to me, you know, the, the, it is, 
this idea of like mismatched expectations yeah definitely. Um, is a is a dangerous recipe for a relationship it typically doesn't end well um okay so meanwhile andor arrives on ferrix in the dead of night uh the streets are completely empty this is part of the trap that they laid they talk about this later uh, he makes a stop to look at Clem, his father's brick, um, and we get a nice flashback. And by the way, the brick being, we get introduced to the brick. We, we, we were told about it last week. When you die, you get turned into a brick. Yes. Um, and uh, uh, we never actually saw what they look like. Now we get to see what they look like. This is an example of one. And um, we get a nice flashback as he thinks about his father. Um, and it's a, a young Cassian and Clem cleaning old parts for resale with his dad. And he says, quote, the man who sees everything is more blessed than cursed. People don't look down where they should. Eyes open, possibilities everywhere. Mm-hmm. So what do you make of this, of this flashback scene? What do you think this is supposed to say about Cassian's state of mind? Or what's, what's the message that he's thinking about from his father here? What's your, yeah, what's I mean, your take? Like, it's interesting, right? Because he's kind of in this whatever flashback clip he's kind of teaching Cassian like you know at its surface level it's about people not like throwing away things instead of just fixing them it's like yeah like this can be fixed this can be it just takes a little bit of effort it just takes a little bit of time so you know I think it's kind of like that rebellion it's like yeah like it to some people it may seem like it's not worth it and it may seem like there's no point but it just takes a little bit of time to build up and then you have Mm. something worth something right so yeah i think i yeah i think i think that's a great reading um and i agree with that and it's very like literal level you know it's sure i think there's i think there's i think there's other readings here i think you could read it to say that you know he says the man that sees everything is more blessed than cursed but the reverse Mm -hmm. of that by saying that there's a curse at all the idea that you know this is basically saying um refuting the idea that ignorance is bliss right yeah um and to say that knowing and seeing is um, valuable, it gives you uh, knowledge and understanding and context for the larger world and, and where you fit in it and also what, um, what you can do to affect it and how you can you know, steer your life. And mm-hmm. I think that's the message that he's trying to take, that we're supposed to kind of take, to internalize for Andor here, which is that yeah. he sees it all now. He sees that how the, not just his myopic, view of Ferrix and his missing sister he doesn't he sees that it's bigger than him it's 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 bigger than even Ferrix it's bigger than 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 that system it's the whole galaxy and that yeah, yeah. not only that he's he's capable he's his eyes are open and he can see the possibilities where he can affect change and um i just think it's really cool um the, you know we basically got no time with Clem it's all through flashback yeah, yeah. um i just find that really interesting it's a much better use of flashback than we saw out of uh, Book of Boba Fett. Um, yeah. <clears throat> okay, so Andor makes his way to the scrapyard where he n- normally would meet with Bix and runs into some dogs. By the way, I want to mention this, which I haven't mentioned before. I, I, I don't think I have. Those alien dogs are real dogs wearing costumes. I just what, that really? Yes, yes. No way. That's yeah, really it's, cool. It's super cute, actually, when you see them without their little <laughs> mask on. Yeah. Oh, um, what kind of dogs are they? I don't know. I can't. I don't know. I can. They must be that. big, muscly ones. But they're big. I they're big not. dogs. But like they have. Yeah, they're wearing like cool. a suit. Oh, yeah. okay, man. Yeah. 
best acting out of that's why yeah, that's why they look so like <laughs> natural when they walk and stuff i just think it's, yeah it's that's like, wow. fair i was like because usually those dogs are just like super cgi but yeah, yeah. no they're real dogs um and uh anyway the guy he's the guy who said he'd stop helping him at all in episode one or two i can't remember after he mm. quote unquote borrowed that shit from the the, the scrapyard um to so that andor could go to morlana one um is the guy who Pegla is the guy he runs into here. Pegla, yeah. Yeah. Um, and surprisingly, Pegla's happy to see Andor and he gives his condolences about Marva while giving him a big hug. Big mm-hmm. episode for big hugs, in my opinion. And I'm <laughs> pro pro hugging your friends. Hug your friends. Oh people. yeah. Important. Um, Andor is surprised to learn that they're selling the place, um, which kind of leads to him being worried about Bix. It, it, we cut away, but it's implied that Pegla tells him about her situation. Right, yes. At that moment, we cut to Bix. She's broken, shivering in her cell. This is actually the second time we saw her. She, we briefly see her earlier in the episode, at the very beginning. As we hear Nemec's manifesto in audiobook form <laughs> playing over yeah. top. <laughs> um, and I actually wrote all of this down because uh, I just think that every line, has, is, as, especially the way it's framed um, with three different people that it's played over, um, has a lot of significance. So here we go. There will be times when the struggle seems impossible. I know this already. Alone, unsure, dwarf, dwarfed by the scale of the enemy. Now, this is playing um, as we're looking at Bix, right? The struggle seems yes. impossible, right? And it's a little, and in some degree, it's a little on the nose, but I think, I, I think it's owed, the show has been so nuanced that I think it's okay to be a little on the nose here. Um, at the end i know this already alone unsure dwarfed by the skill of your enemy so this is kind of reflecting bix and her in her current state but also i think it's reflecting this kind of this this refrain we hear a lot about like the rebellion like how do they stand up for the empire they're so big right they've got all these star destroyers and the death star and we're just a band of you know of, of people right um yeah and this is nemec kind of speaking to that idea so the voiceover continues as we cut to a very cool shot of Luthen looking over the over at Ferrix as, as the lightning rages on and his cape billows in the wind. It's very, very atmospheric, very moody. And Nemec continues, remember this, freedom is a pure idea. It occurs spontaneously and without instruction. Random acts of insurrection are occurring constantly throughout the galaxy. There are whole armies, battalions that have no idea that they've already enlisted in the cause. Now, this is being said over again a shot of Luthen. So he's right. talking about mm-hmm. freedom as a pure idea, which I think is actually a really kind of brilliant truism that I think probably we don't talk about very much, but it's true. I mean, freedom is the purest form of life, right? You know, right, uh, yeah. a, a wild animal is not constrained in, in, in nature. And when they are, it's tragic when we see it happen, right? Yes. Yeah. And so. The same thing is said for people and, and the, the idea of freedom. And, but I like the idea. It's a pure idea. But we talked about Luthen and his kind of impurity being needed to, to, to guide, to steer, to, to kind of get the, the insurrection, the, not the insurrection, the rebellion, but, you know, between <laughs> this widening gap, right? I mean, yeah. right? Um, so it, it's, it's, it's at a very dangerous stage where it could all collapse. And it'll all be over. And Luthen, he's, he says he's doomed to use the tools of his enemy 
and all this kind of stuff to and and to use those tools to kind of drive rebellion. It, it's impure in its form, but the but the end goal is pure freedom as the as the as the main idea. So I, I like that. Um, yeah. It occurs spontaneously and without instruction. And we're talking about Luthen, who has kind of been the the one who's been providing instruction, right? Random acts of insurrection are occurring constantly throughout the galaxy. He's been driving those, right? He's stirring right, the pot. Yes. He wanted to tighten the grip so that it would it would bring up the pressure and in, 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 you know cause like acts like we see in Ferrex to happen. Um, we talk whole armies, battalions have no idea that they've already been enlisted in the cause. I mean, the idea, Ferrex, you know, Luthen literally enlisted Andor. He is yeah. he he's the leader of of an army of battalions of of rebels that. In some cases, since in most cases, don't know they're a part of a larger network, um, and and then I guess it's again a, a, an allusion to the the group, the army of people that we see in Ferrex Square later in the episode. So yeah, I just thought that was really cool. And then lastly, we see Andor himself is back in his little hideout ship, the one that Clem and Marva originally brought him to Ferrex on, and he's reading the fa- manifesto himself, which I think we could have guessed, but it's nice that we see it. Yeah, and um, I also thought it was a book, but it's obviously it's an ebook, so. Um, that's fine. Yeah, that makes. I mean, <laughs> got a leather, cover, got a it makes cover. more sense. Yeah, <laughs> it's fine. Got a nice cover. Um, he says, "Remember that the frontier of the rebellion is everywhere, and even the smallest act of insurrection pushes our lines forward." And remember this: the imperial in need. <clears throat> I'm going to re-say that because this is important. And remember this: the imperial need for control is so desperate because it is so unnatural. I love that line. It's, yeah. I think it, it entirely encapsulates the whole concept of the show, which is that we're seeing these 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 acts of of evil, right? Um, and I think even says it even says it here later on. Oppression is the mask of fear. Remember that authority is brittle. It requires tyranny. Requires constant effort. It breaks. It leaks. And know this: the day will come when all these skirmishes and battles, these moments of defiance. Will have flooded the banks of the empire's authority, and there will be no, there will be one too many. One single thing will break the siege. Remember this: try, try being a, also a major part of it. You have to be engaged, right? And this is part of Marva's message later: we can't sleep. You have to be vigilant, always, constantly watching for for fascism and authoritarianism, because it thrives in the darkness. This is what Marva says later. Oh, so beautiful. Yeah. Um. But again, we're looking at this as, as we're looking at Andor and we're thinking about Andor and, and the, the couple of things kind of stand out to me here. He talks about, obviously, the line about the imperial need for control is so desperate because it is so unnatural, which is a natural pairing with the freedom as a pure, pure thing. Yeah, yeah. Right? You know, the reason the Empire struggles so hard to maintain control is because they know it's unnatural to be in that type of control, that, that, mm-hmm. that, that people will push back because it is the only thing that can happen when you try to control people like that. So I think that's interesting. Um, and these, these little acts of rebellion, which now of course, uh, and, and, has been a part of two, right. The escape as well as the, 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 the heist. Right. Um, and that will be a part of this third one. I think contextualizes it for him saying, you know what? Yes. These small things do add up. Right. And he's, and he's talking and he's right. thinking about that as he's reading it. Uh, but then also, I'm, I like this idea that there will be one too many, right? And that mm. one single thing will break the siege, which yes. I think of Luke blowing up the Death Star when I think when I hear that, <laughs> yeah. right? One oh, yeah. person doing one amazing thing. All it takes is enough people fighting for that one moment to happen. And we're talking about Andor, who's the one who's ultimately, with the help of Jin or so, 
going to be able to provide this, the Death Star plans yeah. that allow them to do that in the first place. So I think there's a lot of poetry there. Um, there's Yeah, it's, it's really so nice. great. It's, Any thoughts yeah. about this, it just, this manifesto? Yeah, I just feel like it encompasses kind of everything we've seen so far. Like it's a really good kind of, I don't know, it just ties a nice little bow on top of everything, totally. right? Like when we meet Nemec and like that's kind of just the spark. They're just doing this heist, you know, but it's still something. And then it's kind of, it's going all the way up now. It's f- from that, it, we've got Cassian on Ferrix now, right? And then Ferrix starts mm-hmm. to rebel. So like the more times this like trickle effect happens of people being, having enough, it's, yeah, that's when th- real things start happening and real big things get to start happening. And yeah. yeah, I very much also like the whole part about that the control is like unnatural and that, yeah you know, that the empire wants. It's just like this crazy control over a huge galaxy and it's like yeah like eventually something's got to break because it's not yeah people don't want to be controlled like that especially it's in the way that sustainable. they're doing it yeah no i mean so i think it, you it's a great analogy to our real world you have to be vigilant for these types of things when you feel these oh, controls yeah. as and they they feel unnatural think about where that fits in and why you have positioned yourself to be in to be in that position and how you can how you can change those things i think just if it gets a brilliant writing it provides context for the whole season uh, for Andor's state of mind at this point in the in the series it's it's great so yeah back with the isb we see them discussing their plans which is always great like the reverse of a heist where you see the the the, the bad guys setting up i think it's fun <laughs> yeah um so uh air traffic has been loosened uniform patrols have been pulled back they've baited the trap and opened the door which i think is a fun little turn of phrase the funeral is scheduled for noon, but the Empire has pushed it back by two hours because, quote, they slow down after lunch, which I think is a really funny idea. I just think it's a really, <laughs> yeah. I just think it's like, like you know, I just think it's like you might be overthinking it just a smidge. But anyway. Uh, um, yeah, it's super funny. It also does come back and play later because they don't listen to that and start on t- like when they expect it to start, mm-hmm. um, which means that the Imperials weren't ready, which I also like, right? They just yes. assume that they oh, were yeah. going to listen to that. So. Uh, another small act of, of insurrection, right? To start early. Um, so they've been provided with half of Rick's Road for one block, max of 30 people, but they upped it to 40 after pushback by the Daughters of Ferrix, which we find out mm-hmm. that Marva was a past president of. So that's interesting. She's always I been we knew engaged. that already. Uh, maybe I, that's, that's possible. But anyway, the point yeah. is that she's always been engaged with the community. Yes, um, yeah. Dedra doesn't want any snipers because they want to take him alive. This is something that they really want to drill home here. Um, yeah, something that she's important to her specifically. Yeah, this is why it's so funny to me too. Not a funny, but they're literally so obtuse. Like they're she's so focused on like just Andor and just Cassian mm-hmm. that even like they don't even have a thought that other people like something Might else could play. happen. Right? Yeah, that's not even in their thoughts. Like it's about how like oh, it's going to be all these people gathering. They're not even worried about it. They're not even worried about these people coming together for a funeral. They, it's not even on their radar that something else could happen because well, they're just I mean, like so focused on Andor. I just think it's very funny that that's their main guess, focus. Yeah, they, it's not they about didn't, crowd they control. Did have it's not plans. about anything else. A little they bit, did, but I just yeah. feel like they weren't actually expecting the rest of the people to do anything other than have a funeral. Right. right. So they just, they didn't, I don't know, when you they expect so that little to be the bait, of people. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's just, it's they again, they're underestimating them. people. Yeah, they're underestimating mm-hmm. these people again and just assuming they're going to listen to them blindly. Yeah. Like, it's so funny. 
So tension's really starting to mount here as we get closer to the funeral. We get these amazing, this is a really beautiful shot of an imperial tank-like thing coming down the street with people everywhere as you transition to uh, this kind of like camera movement as you tr- transition to Vel following along with her on the streets, which um, cuts to Coruscant at that moment with like as the music really mounts. Um, and we'll talk about the Coruscant stuff later, but I just thought it was really yes. cool. Something you can really do with this practical set that they built of Ferrix. Um, where you can put people like a lot of people in the frame and you can move the camera in interesting ways to kind of show the physicality and the space and the, and the, the, the geometry of the, of the world. Um, yeah, yeah. it really adds a lot, I think. Um, and it just looks cool. I mean, having this like weird tank thing with the stormtroopers on it, um, and Vel walking by unnoticed. I just think it's really, a, a really cool shot. So yeah, uh, yeah. Shout out for that. Um, now we cut to Luthen as he leaves his ship. He gets on a speeder. He kind of lifts his hood. And all I thought here was that that hood doesn't stay on if you're on a speeder bike. Come on. Um, <laughs> and heads into town. I mean, it just wouldn't, right? It just doesn't make any yeah, sense. You're right. That's right. so funny. But it's a cool shot. Um, and then we're back following our, our ISB spy as he watches someone else that's not Brasso open the door at Marva's house to let B2 out for the funeral. He gets pissed. He says something like, We've been played and wants to know where yeah. Brasso is. But yeah, it's not the big I think man. That, I just think that's such a weird reaction from him. It's like, was he ex- like, because one different person opened the door one time, we're we supposed to think that this I think is it's because he's, he's also kind of dressed like Brasso, like he's like a similar build and oh. he's got like the similar look. So I think that's kind of why right. he's extra like, what the fuck? Like, that's not who's supposed to be here. That's not what we thought like was going to happen. They're tricking right? us. They know they're what they know that we're watching. Yeah. Us. Yeah. yeah. Um, fair enough. So cut to Cassian as he meets with Brasso in the sewers and another big hug. Like I said, big episode for hugs. Make sure to hug your friends, especially when they've, their parents have died. Um, (laughs) I think that seems obvious, but just saying, Uh, um, anyway, so I think this is really fascinating scene. Uh, Andor, this is one of the few moments that Andor really gets to, uh, to Diego Luna really gets to act here a little bit. Um, not as well as Brasso is acting. Oh my God. The performance he puts on, oh, yeah, I mean, not even so the char- not even the actor, but the actual character is like putting on a performance for Andor. Like he remembers everything that 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 Marva said oh, by heart so and repeats it in this like beautiful like cadence and way. It's like yeah, oh, it really touching. especially how he says it like word for word. Right, the way she said it too, like tell him he's saying tell him. It's just like oh, right. it's like you can actually hear her saying it. Yes, through him, it's, it's so beautiful. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. So Andor feels guilty. He has survivor's guilt. But it's more than that. He, he talks about how he regrets his argument that he had with her and, and that he shouldn't have left her alone. And he's kind of rambling. He's kind of all over the place. And, and, but Brasso brings him back to kind of down to earth a little bit. Um, and we get a, a message from Marva posthumously, one of two that we get in this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, both are brilliant. So says, tell him none of this is his fault. It was already burning. He's just the spark. Uh, of the fire he's just the first yeah. spark of the fire what do you think she means by that it was already burning he's just the first spark of the fire i think she just means about like how people were feeling on ferrix because i would assume that like she's worried that andor is going to come back and like be worried that people are like getting riled up oh you know okay I th- and he's going to think this is my fault i brought the isb here i started right. all this right yes but i think she's like kind of saying like no it was it's always we, like people have been getting agitated with them right. coming in here and doing what they want for a long time. 
So it's just like we, it's just this extra push that everybody needed to be like, okay, enough of this already. So yeah, that's kind of what I took from it. Yeah, I think that's fair. I I, I think that's the, that's the reading. It's not his fault that the ISP, the empire is, was coming anyway, was the, I Mm -hmm. think was the point. Um, Exactly. Didn't, it's already, he was just the first spark, right? You know, it was yeah. gonna something else would have if it wasn't him, something else would have sparked him. He says, Tell him he knows everything he needs to know and feels everything he needs to feel. And when the day comes and those two pull together, he'll be an unstoppable force for good. Um, I love this because it it's it does two things. It validates the way he feels that it's okay for you to feel guilty. It's okay for you to feel all these things. Listen to me when I say it's not your fault. Yeah. I've taught you everything I know. Um, so is your father who, who died or who died when you were young. Um, and you have the skills that you need. When you when you realize that you can be a force for good, you will be so capable of it at it that it's going to even astound even you. And I think that's a beautiful message to send to, yeah. your, to your son yeah. posthumously. And and then lastly, oh, this is gonna it's breaking up right now. Tell him, and then there's an ellipses, I love him more than anything he could ever do wrong. Yeah. Which is probably the nicest thing Ugh. a mom could ever say. Yeah, it honestly is. <laughs> Ugh, it's yeah. so, uh, yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's like, that's such a good line. I thought the same thing when I heard that. I'm like, oh, that is literally such a good line. It's like, like it's like Tony Geroy was what like, I'm gonna, what yeah. was the thing <laughs> that my mom could tell me that would make yeah. me cry instantly? And he's yeah. just like, I'll just use that. And that it, even oh, if you like messed something up, it was just like, oh man, like it's okay, that's one that I'm going right. to keep in my back pocket for one day. When yeah, you should you, you should save that one. Yeah, and you can tell <laughs> yeah, them that's a Star gonna... Wars quote. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like years later, tell them that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, um, okay. So that's just oh so good. Let me just clear my eyes here. It's got something in my yeah. eyes. <laughs> um, so. Cassian wants to go after Bix. That's kind of the 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 the, thr- uh, the thrust of this message. And uh, there's this last line where, where Brasso says, "You take care of yourself." And Andor says, "It's too late for that." And I think that means that he had his he, when he had a chance to try to take care of only himself, things fell apart despite his efforts to try to ignore it. And now he's saying it's too late for that, meaning that. He has to get engaged. He has to 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 um, help others. I think that it's too late to only take care of myself. I think is what is right. being said there. Yeah, which is yeah. really cool. Okay, so there's a really cute scene where Cyril and Mosk are on the bus, and then they swap hats. <laughs> yeah, I was like, the, "What is that?" And about? that's the whole scene. And I just think it's the funniest <laughs> little Star Wars thing. I, it's just very. Yeah. It, it's little moments like that that you're like, "Okay, that's Star Wars. That's funny to me." That's like yeah, it's just like, a little gag. Yeah, just uh, like what? Like why? Like, yeah, like Cyril just really wanted to like take a look at that hat again because he missed it. So yeah, <laughs> it's like kind of what I got from it that he just like let him like hold it for a while, and he's like, "Okay, give me my hat back." That's like, funny. Did <laughs> that's funny. Um. Okay. I took it as like kind of like a little greeting, like they couldn't speak to each other on the bus because they wouldn't want to give up oh, anything. Maybe, so it's yeah. like it was just them acknowledging each other's presence. Yeah. Right. So then Vel and Luthen meet briefly and they discuss Andor uh, and Dedra. Um, he's aware of uh, both of those things. Their plan is to kill him once the Imperials take him into custody. It makes yeah. it easy for them. Um, they think they still have a few hours before things kick off, but then the anvil the bell starts ringing early 
Uh, yeah. I mentioned that being the small act of rebellion of insurrection. Um, and then we get lots of shots of Imperials wondering what's happening. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and now things scrambling. really, yeah, things start to really ramp up here. So any final thoughts on the the setup to the, to the funeral and what happens no, next? No, no, no. I think, that? no, I think it's good just to jump right into it. Okay. Well, we're not going to do that. We're going to talk about Coruscant <laughs> super quickly. Right. Because okay. I don't, I just feel like if we ended on Coruscant, it's a little bit of like a, no, a, I know a, what a you downer. Mean. Yeah. No? So here we yeah, go. Yeah. So over with Mon Mothma, we see that the pressure continues to affect her. We cut to a close up in her car. She's isolated. And we watch as she unbuttons her gown as if, as if it were suffocating her, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Perrin enters the vehicle and they have a heated conversation about his gambling debts while their driver, right. who she knows as a spy, listens on. So yes, yes. This is really interesting. Do you or do you not, because I just didn't occur to me until I started Twittering and stuff. Do you or do you not think that this was done, she did this on purpose? I think to, she did it on purpose, a thousand percent. I knowing think that she's he's listening. knowing she knows this guy's going to listen, especially when she tells him not to. And I think she's setting a trail. So she just, I don't think that uh, Perrin's in on it because he's a big dummy, but yes, she's picking this fight, right? About gambling. Cause she knows this guy's going to run back and tell somebody about it. And even later we see um, when he's reporting this information that he's found, the the other guy there, I forget his name. The other right. ISB the, officer uh, says something along. Yeah, Blevin yeah. says something along the lines of like, "Oh, that would make sense about like how the the money's been moving around." So I think she's kind of setting this like story she's, up right. that her husband has been gambling and she's pissed about it. And she didn't know anything about it to kind of not necessarily set him up, but just like set up deflect. why yeah. yeah deflect why their their bank accounts look weird and to make up for like why there there's missing money. And yeah, she's 100% just rolling this story for the ISB and for the Empire because she knows that guy's listening. That's really cool. She's just so smart. Right. Which is also why it shows why she's so stressed because she knows she has to kind of not put on another performance. Yeah. I love how she's... By the way, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say she's too smart to like, if this conversation was real in her mind, if she actually thought this was him gambling and it was an issue, she wouldn't have that conversation with him in front of her driver. She would have that conversation with him in private if it was something she didn't want the empire to know she's smarter than that so but i love it how he right. just gets it like who told you that like and just he gets just defensive right away and he she just knows him so well that he's just going to be def- immediately defensive i that, love he's like i that's the, i'm ugh. ridiculous who told you that you tell yeah. me who told you i'll tell you why they told me which is such a <laughs> yeah which is such a line that someone who is like caught up in, in yeah like <laughs> the the drama you know like the interpersonal mm-hmm. drama of that type of thing it's like where you know yeah. oh he has beef with me for this reason or she does this because she doesn't like me or this happened we, we you know this yeah. happened at a party and i didn't tell or that kind of stuff it just it's it drips with kind of like childish drama and i yes. hated it Ugh. i love how he brings the his drink into the car with him from the party <laughs> i know just takes the glass oh. i just think that's such a that's Their such a baller like rich person move. Are, uh, they're so cold he's like oh i looked for you she's like did you like it's just like, right right i thought you left without uh, me right yeah um, I, yeah uh i anyway i just think it's really it's really good scene um and i just there's this really amazing cross cut too at the end here as mon kind of turns her head to look out the window we cut to yeah. vel as she's turning her head to greet cinta from a scene we discussed earlier i just thought it was a really right, cool right. um way of kind of looking at like someone thinking about their their presence with other people and then that same thought coming into the next scene it's interesting and mm-hmm. i thought that was really cool um 
We also get a Canto Bite reference here. So for those um, you know who love the Last Jedi, that's a, a nice little shout out for you. Yeah, um, <laughs> that too. Or she's like specifically telling you know. Right. It's just she's being so specific in a way that it's like it it for sure doesn't even like sound like a lie to someone listening and like yeah if you're gonna go gamble do it on Canto Blight don't do it on Coruscant like it's embarrassing right. like she's making out like you're you're fucking embarrassing me what's wrong with you like you're gonna gamble here again after right. we've already <laughs> dealt with this shit so yeah Ugh, it's, it's just it's good so smart I love yeah, Mon Mothma. Yeah, and parent, clothing. And, <laughs> yeah, I yeah, wish I could just dress that? like her. I don't know. I just <laughs> yeah. wish I could. Everything yeah. she's wearing is just like immaculate. I just wish I was so as tall beautiful. as her. That's really yeah, what I like, wish. Fuck. Right? She's just so uh, cool and beautiful. I'm like, I just want to be her. Yeah, right. Um, so Blevin is questioning Mon's driver. There's discussing discussing her conversation with Perrin. He's wondering if Perrin's gambling debts can be exploited. Again, this kind of leading them down this trail right. instead of the rebellion trail. They're interrupted by another supervisor, who I love, by the way, who stops and listens for a little bit instead of immediately making his presence <laughs> known. It's just such yeah. a classic imperial thing. Um, <laughs> and says that he's, quote unquote, missing it. And the it in question is the attack on Spellhouse, which we weren't sure if we would see. And the answer is we do not, which I actually think right. was the right decision because this episode is already quite busy. Yes, I mean, yeah, and that's, those are all characters we haven't actually seen. We don't know, right. like, you know what I mean? So it's, to me, that's fine. Maybe they'll show us some other time, or they'll uh, well, write I mean, there'll a comic be a book about, about it. it, or there'll be a comic <laughs> yeah. or something, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so or it'll be fine. in a Tales of the Jedi or something, who knows. Um, <laughs> so, Anto Krieger is dead, so are all of his men. No prisoners were taken. Dedra is pissed, um, so Partagaz <laughs> is, quote-unquote, talking her down, which I think is such a funny yeah. line. And um, reminds her that the annihilation of all things Krieger was about, quote unquote, wiping the taste of Eldani from the emperor's mouth, which is a, another yeah. great line of dialogue. But again, this is it was about retribution. It was not about um, any larger plan. This, again, speaking to the imperial kind of sense of superiority. They yes. just it doesn't matter that they got nothing out of it. It matters that they sent a message. That's that's the what they're kind of talking about there. Yeah. Um, and then Mon goes through with the introduction of her daughter to Davos' scalded son, which happens close, close to the end of the episode, but, and there's no dialogue there. Um, but interesting. What did you make of, of Lita's reaction? Like, how, What do you make of her face? She doesn't really reveal much on her expression there. Um, again, I just get Sansa Stark vibes where she's just yeah. fine with it. Like, Sweet she's all fine child. and good. And like, I just, I love the way that like Mon looks sick. Like, she looks sick. Perrin looks fine. And like the daughter just looks like, oh, like this is cool. Like to me, she just seemed like completely fine. She wasn't like glaring at her mom. She wasn't, you know, she didn't have to turn have around to glare of... at her mom. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess, but at the same time, I feel like with her, like if she was upset about it, that daughter, we would know. Like it, right. there would be some kind of interaction. And I think it's that's one of the things where it's like her daughter's completely fine with this. And I think that's one more layer of why yeah. it makes mom. It's a, it's a really so fascinating. Upset. I think it's so much more. It's like, Oh, you know, like, there's a line that um, Ryan Johnson says about the Last Jedi, where he's like, he was like, I was given these characters, and they were put in a position at the end of Episode Seven, and the question I asked was, what was the, what would be the most difficult thing that they would have to face? Yes. Um, what was the most challenging thing they would have to face? And that's what he he writ for the characters, right? And so mm -hmm. for Ray, it was that Luke wasn't the legend that that she expected, and all this other stuff, but. Just, I feel like that same level of like line of thinking was put in place here for for uh, 
for Andor where it's like, or Mon Mothma specifically, what's the, not only is it, uh, she has to sell her daughter off for the rebellion to, to, you know, putting it one way at least. Um, yeah. But what's the, how could that be worse? Oh, she wanted that. That's like yeah. from a psychological yeah. standpoint, it's so fascinating. It's so cool. It is. Yeah. Um, okay. So that's all. Any other thoughts on Coruscant and what happens with Mon? We're going to move on. No, I just like, I don't know. I just love her character so much. I, uh, I thought she's just so smart. So I'm like very into it. But also, you know, I feel for her too that she has to do all this stuff. And I think this will help her as well that like, okay, they're setting up this meeting with their daughter. And if, and she's going to get this money from Dalvos, obviously. So she kind of has a reason as to why they might need this money or why there is a big influx of money. And it's because of her husband's gambling. Right. So, right. Yeah, so she's yeah, got some coverage. Tying up nicely for her that, yeah, that she's kind of covering her bases here a bit. Right. Okay, well, that brings us to the funeral. Um, and I guess I'll mention one thing here quickly, which is that I'm running out of time on my... Um, I have to check out of where I'm in, yes. right, my Airbnb <laughs> in 12 minutes. I don't think we're going to get through this all in 12 minutes. I'm going to keep going, assuming that the cleaner is not going to be here right in 12 minutes yeah. from now. Um, yeah, you but if I do time. have to stop, then I'll just jump up to my car and we'll finish it in the car. So just keep that in mind. <laughs> okay. uh, we'll do it that way. Okay. So um, we start with the funeral happening. It starts early, like we mentioned before. Um, and I love the marching band warming up. I, yeah. I've, I've just always had a soft spot for the sound of an orchestra, like warming up. I just think it's mm-hmm. like the coolest sound. I don't know. It's like a, it's a cacophony of different noises, right? It's not, there's no music yes, being yes. played, but I just love the sound of all these things kind of being played a little quieter than they normally would be kind of all coming. It just it creates this atmosphere. I love it. And what I love even more about this is that this music is diegetic in the sense that it's happening in the world as well as for us. So as the viewers, it's so it gives it even more weight in my opinion, because it's the characters themselves are listening to the same music. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. like super <laughs> inspiring. Right. And, and, and then later when, when, um, Marva's giving her speech, everyone's hearing that including Cassian. And it's like, that's such a brilliant, um, thing too, because, Normally, that would be you know someone a monologue playing in their in their mind as a memory or or as a flashback or something, and we we, we would be giving it as context for for what we're seeing. But instead, it's mm-hmm. it's providing live context, and it's so freaking cool, um, and it's such a brilliant move. So I thought that was super cool. Um, the tolling bell adds tension as it always does. Yes, right. And uh, we see people are dressed in their formal uniforms of some kind, different colors. They're like pastel maroon and, and there's like a peach and a blue. Um, I think it's really cool. Um, I guess if presumably there's a Brothers of Ferrex too, I guess, if there's the guys are dressed up. That's what it seems yeah, like. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Uh, Cassian is in his hiding spot with a little telescope. Um, so and this is, by the way, which I thought was interesting. So... That spot does get revealed to the ISB, but Cassian leaves before they can get there. That was the right. I think the confusing spot. I thought at first thought that maybe he sent them to the wrong place, and then that's why they don't find him. Oh no, but, no! But I assume right Cassian place, just, he just saw, already he was just yeah. already gone. Yeah, already gone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so once the band starts actually playing and the people start walking and the drums come in, 
um, and we kind of get a tempo. We catch back up with Wilmon as he joins the procession, and with the addition of the bomb in play, this like again like, the tension's ramping, but it takes another big step here um, as the music starts to really kind of provide us with that kind of that additional layer of tension. Um, the Empire wants to have a quote unquote show of force when the uh, when the procession makes its way to the hotel. Um, and then mm-hmm. I, I laughed out loud when this happened. So the 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 Imperial in charge tells his like lackeys, you know, to like get everything set up. And it's so funny because this is, he just comes into the hotel and this is what he says. Stand two, double time, form up, let's move. <laughs> just a bunch of random. <laughs> yeah. It could be it's just I just think it's funny. It's he's not saying yeah, anything like, at all. No, like form up means like is not the same thing as double time and let's move. Like form up means yeah, form some lines and stand at attention. Right. Yeah, it's so yeah. funny. It, it's like, he's just saying all the words that you would say that that yeah. you would hear someone say when they're trying to be urgent and when it's they're like panicked. It's just, yeah, it's just so funny. Um, so the band uh, passes the wall with the gloves, and I just think it's a beautiful visual of seeing yeah. kind of the people and the this blue collar town, this kind of company town coming together around this, this kind of uh, the passing of Marva. And uh, this is when Bix starts to hear the music. And I think that's like another beautiful kind of element Ugh, where she can yeah. hear it, gives her some additional life. Um, we see Cassie and spot Luthen in the street. And that's getting me wondering what's the point of Luthen even being here, which I guess was the point of um, what's her name. Uh, that was her point. What was, uh, what did, uh, Sint, no. Uh, what's her name? What's his assistant's name? Sint. Uh, no. Bell. V- no. Clea. Clea. Um. Anyway, when she was kind of like, there's no reason to go there. There's enough people on the ground already. I kind of feel that it's just interesting. Oh, also, it, yes, it does yes, add yes. a little bit of layer of like, once again, uh, Luthen Axis is there, but n- no one recognizes him and no one knows who he is. So he's just kind of just like passes by yes. like ships in the night. It's really fun. I think that's, I, I guess yeah. that's why, maybe why he's there. Um, but again, important that Cassian spots him so that he, we can set up the finale for the episode. Very important. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, meanwhile, Nurchi believes he knows where Cassian is and is willing to sell him out for quote unquote, double the reward and a ride out of Ferrix. Um, our ISB spy pretends to arrest him and takes him into the hotel. I thought that was an interesting uh, yeah. moment. Uh, Cyril and Mosk can't get close to the Imperial presence, but sees that Dedra is there, which is kind of enough for him. <laughs> I thought that was kind of cute. Too. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's like, it is cool that oh like, my God, yeah. you know, they're here. Like, what's the point of them being here? It's a couple of like, it's like, it just feels redundant. Like we have all these people and then they're just, turns out there really is yeah. no point. They just stand there the whole time. <laughs> Nothing happens um, until later. Of course, mm-hmm. he gets get involved. Well, I like that Luthen. Yeah. I like that Luthen clocks both of them too, though. Like he notices right. uh, Cyril and what's his name there, um, Mosk, the my boy Mosk, Mosk, yep. yeah. <laughs> I was like Luthen clocks them right away, being like, "What the fuck are these guys doing here?" Too, and they're not even like allowed to like go into where the well, they're dressed as are. civilians, they're, like being treated. Right. Well, yeah, they're being treated like civilians too, and all that. So he's like, "Okay, like what the hell is going on here?" Right. It's a real tinderbox. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Um, while all of this is happening, um, I said Marva makes up a, uh, makes a play for it. No, that's not right. I, I, I messed that up. Um, anyway, 
Marva's brick is brought out by Brasso with B2 mm. on his heels. The music picks up again and Bix seems to get a little bit more life. Um, while this is happening, Andor makes a play. Um, oh, sorry. I see what I did wrong here. Dedra. Dedra makes a play for Andor um, based on Nurchi's information. So she's like, we're wasting right, time. Yes. Let's go get him. So that's what, that's while that kind of the, 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 the matchstick hasn't quite been lit yet. So this is, things are still kind of moving. Um, there's a small break in the music. And I love this moment. B2 does this like thing where his like cylinder twists. It's kind of like, yeah. if, I, I don't know what we're supposed to take. It kind of feels like maybe determination or something. And, and then the band picks up tempo. They play the music more, more quickly. And they start kind of a march down Rick's road. And then we get all these shots of people's faces, um, like the, the, the townsfolk. And yeah, yeah. I just feel like there's this sense of, and I don't know if you got this, but there's this, obviously there's a sense of determination, right? This is before Marva has said anything. We haven't got her, her, her self-eulogy yet. No. Um, but I think you get the sense that all the people who are involved here and the people who are playing the music and all that know basically what's going to happen, right? Yeah. You have a sense yeah. of the, the, the fact that they're challenging authority here. They're, oh, yeah, absolutely. Determination on their face. I don't know if they know exactly what's going to happen, but they know that by doing it's, what they're doing, it's a, it's a, it's a challenge yeah. to the face of authority. And that is an important, I think. I think it's even as simple as the challenge, even to like a lot of these people, is probably that the Empire told them they could have 40 people. And they were like, no, it's going to be our, it's going to be way more than that. Cause this is not 40 right. people. This is like, hundreds of people oh, yeah. That's that true, are marching and that are, you know what I mean? So I think that is a little bit and of their early. own active defiance where it's like, you're not going to tell us how to have our own funerals and our own services for someone. Right. So it, I think, you know, for a lot of them, even that is like a minuscule act to them of mm-hmm. defiance. Yeah. Another, another small act of insurrection. Um, yeah. So I don't know about you, but at the moment that the, the music picked up here, I was like, Oh my God, my oh, feelings. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> I just like I was like really I just love seeing people come together for like a uh, for a cause like, it's so it just fills me inspires me, um, and uh, the band starts chanting "Stone and Sky," which I guess is just like another local custom. Um, while Endor makes his way into the the hotel through the kitchen, running into an old friend who lets him by, um, Bix joins in on the chanting again, kind of give, showing that the the people in this local custom are giving her life um, yeah, again. Yeah. And then and then B two, we have this little shot of B two kind of looking around. I think he seems happy. I think he's excited that all these people are there for Marva. I think that's the yeah. The I think so. Yeah, look at all these people. Isn't that exciting? They're all there for her. Lovely thought. That's myself. That's my headcanon anyway for what he's thinking. Yeah. <laughs> oh, for sure. Any other thoughts on any of this kind of stuff that happens before we get to the speech? Because I think the speech also deserves uh, another kind of own special. No, I just wanted to note that I really like the way that Star Wars, I don't know how you would put it, Star Warsifies the instruments. Because mm-hmm. they're, they're real instruments. Like there's French horns, there's trumpets, there's like yes. flutes being played, mm-hmm. but they're all just like slightly different. Like the flutes look like they're a flute mixed with a oboe or like a clarinet. Right. I just like, I just love when Star Wars does. Those oh yeah. Little the, the trumpets are things. black and like matte black. The trumpets are black. Yeah. 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 
And then, yeah, yeah the, the, um, the French horns have like kind of cool different flares on them. So I'm just like, I just liked that they're, I think they're actually playing like, I don't know. I can just see like nerdy band teachers picking oh, up this song like, one day and like getting their yeah. kids to play it. I'm like, oh, I remember playing Star Wars when I was in band in like junior high and high school. That would be really cool. I mean, that's a good yeah, point. Yeah, it's a good so point. cool. It's such a yeah. beautiful song. Um, it is really nice. Um, and then, so we get to the actual speech and the speech is just the chef's kiss, the fucking cherry on top that yeah. I was not expecting in this episode. I was like, she's no. dead. That's sad. And then we get this amazing performance. Oh, it's um, amazing. This um, is what I wanted for her. This is what I was right. waiting for. Fiona Shaw. In the other episode. Really and I got it. And I, I was so happy. Yeah. Uh, and like, so yeah, we didn't get this. Fi- like we obviously got the line of like, that's just love from a few episodes. Ago, yeah. Yeah. Brilliant line. But Fiona Shaw really kind of, Showing the reason that she was hired for this role in the first part. And it's yes. so good. So she does her own eulogy, which I think is a, like, a thing that I think more people should do for themselves, to be honest. Oh, yeah. Is record their own eulogy because, you know, I think you should have a say in what's said about you at a funeral. So, yeah, yeah. To some degree, anyway. And, and if, or if there's something you want to you say to inspire people, pass on a message. And that's what this is about. So it's all broadcast by B2, which is also important. I think that's a, a, a nice touch. And um, I love the way she starts. She's, she's honored to be there. She feels honored to be in their presence and, and to be recording this at all feels important to her. And she starts talking about their shared history and their culture and she wants it to endure. Um, the main thrust is that she w- always wanted to ins- be inspired by those who, who had passed away. She was always inspired right. by the dead and by their truth. And now it's her turn and she understands the significance of what her passing could mean and what this message that she's able to present now uh, has and the weight and the, and the time that it comes at. I, she's, she, there's, it's very rare, I think. Um, it, it, you see it in movies all the time where people kind of are, seem to be aware of the larger context of what, they're, of what they're doing, some big inspiring speech and that it will be remembered forever, yada, yada, yada. This yeah. is her understanding that context um, internally, right? Um, this it's not it's not provided externally by our our inferences in the show, but it's her herself as a character understanding the significance of what she's saying and when it's being said, and who it's being said to. And I I just think that gives it a whole other level of of weight, um, because she's saying it to everyone in Ferrix. This isn't even a message yes. to, to this isn't a message to Andor. Andor, she gave her message to Andor through Brasso. This is a message to everyone, including Andor, but but it's that wasn't the main goal here. She she's right. aware of the significance of this and she needs it to be known that she's aware of it. I just think it's really beautiful. So she talks about the slow creep of the empire, about how they were sleeping. She says, quote, there's a wound that won't heal at the center of the galaxy. There's a yeah. darkness reaching like rust into everything around us. We let it grow, and now it's here. Um, and then she talks about how it's, it's not visiting this time. It wants to stay, and that they have to do something about it. The Empire thrives in darkness. Again, joining these kind of the ideas of the manifesto together um, with yeah, the, the yeah. core themes of the show. Um, and then the best part is, if I could do it again, I'd wake up early and be fighting these bastards from the start. <laughs> Oh, and yeah, it's, it's so, so good. good. It's so good. And then half of her face gets covered because yeah. he tries to cover it with Ugh. his jacket. 
uh, the Imperial guy. And then she, then she yells to fight the Empire. And then there's a riot. And it's like, woo, you're so excited. But you're like nervous yeah. for everyone. I just like, Ugh, yeah. I was so moved by that speech. I just think that this show is so much better. I just, it's not fair to the rest of, of <laughs> like, the, it's just not, the writing is just that much better. And it's, we talked about this. It's not, it's not, uh, it might be a fool's errand to compare this show to any other Star Wars show. Yeah, it's like but it. Yeah, it's, it, they're just not comparable. It's, it yeah. is not. If if Mando had this level of writing, oh, you know, like if if Book of Boba Fett had even Mando's level of writing, it would have been nice. But yeah, um, <laughs> this show just I just like it just feels. There's so much to unpack here, and it's more than just hey, we saw this cool ship, or isn't it cool that the Mandalorians are involved or hates hey, Bo-Katan and that's really awesome. And I do love that stuff, but the level of nuance brought into this show is by just in this speech alone, just, I just feels like it, it just, we've reached a new level, a new tier. And uh, Tony Gilroy in an interview, I think with the rap said that yeah. the lesson that he wants this show to send is that not that every, sh- every, not that all Star Wars need to be like this, but that no, if it's been done already, do something else is was yes, his, his yes. message. Yeah. For, do Star Wars as a Western, do it as, um, which it kind of already is, but do it as a horror movie, do it as whatever, like do something yeah. different was his, his message. I would. And that, and that he that. felt like Sorry. this proves, it's okay. And this proves that it can be done. And I agree with him. It proves that it can oh, be yeah. done. And I think the gauntlet is no, laid. Just... The, the competition is good. It's going to, I think, for the Filoni and and his crew, I think the 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 a line has been drawn to say, hey, you need to you need to step your game up. This is what Star Wars can be, and and it, and it can be more nuanced. Bring bring it. So I I hope yeah. that 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 lesson that challenge is brought forward in the next. Star Wars yeah, the, yeah, the dialogue is just like incredible, and yeah, it's fantastic. I would love to see Star Wars horror. By the way, that yeah, would be I mean, me too. <laughs> I'd be so. I mean, not really because I don't like horror, <laughs> but, but yeah. you know, I would like the idea of it. <laughs> but but yeah, no, you're right. It's just like the dialogue and everything. It's just it's just so good. Yeah. Uh, it's, imagine yeah. like a imagine a Star Wars movie that was like Alien or Aliens. That'd be really cool. <laughs> um. Okay. So the we have a riot. Andor kills an Imperial as things really kick off in the street. A guy is sent to the bell tower. Remember that for later. <laughs> a stormtrooper yeah. is sent there. Um. People are being cracked in the head. I think this is another supposed to be kind of like allusion to kind of police violence today. The way that people are treated here um, is yeah. really uh, kind of gross. Meanwhile, um, uh, uh, Cassian finds Bix. She's again, she's still broken. She's delusional. She doesn't want to leave. She says they'll get angry. This is kind of that whole oh, like that's when they so heartbreaking. They you, you know? Yeah. Um, but then. Things get even crazier because that's when the bomb blows up. We cut back yeah. to Wilm, uh, to Wilman. He's kind of standing in the crowd as the this as this uh, the there's stuff happening everywhere. There's this imperial who's kind of like watching him. He's like this guy looks suspicious from behind the 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 like the riot shields, and he's kind of like building himself up. He sets the bomb and he throws it at that tank, and it explodes in the most violent, visceral. Yeah. dangerous way i've ever seen any like we've just never seen violence shown in this way in stars before so it's it's very different it's kind of shocking actually um, oh it is it there's definitely some like out. 
there's definitely some like casualties of both sides in oh, that 100%. blast too. Because they were like pulling the way they were holding their guard there, they kept pulling people through it that yes. was like that were trying to make it through. So they basically hit them, pull them through as if they were trying to like arrest them, right? But yeah. It's like, yeah, I bet a lot of people there's like a lot of like friendly fire kind of deaths with that bombing for sure. hundred percent. But it, the message is sent and like the chaos is everywhere. Yes. Smoke and dust everywhere. This is a really cool shot of Vel running into the smoke. It's kind of got that 9-11 yeah. Yeah, that was a good vibe one. to it. Um, everyone running away. All and the she's glass in. shattering everywhere too. The glass shattering was so violent. Like I was not expecting, yeah. like we don't see that kind of thing in Star Wars. It's just not. No. Violence is usually played for much more fun, quote unquote, than that. Um, and so... The Imperials go on the offensive and they start shooting the rioters, right? Um, yeah. Wilman is almost arrested, but Brasso saves him. By the way, Brasso gets some really cool things. He gets to kick a guy right in the chest. He beats a guy up with, <laughs> with, uh, uh, with Marva's brick. So that's really cool. Yeah. So she gets to fight the Empire even in her, in her death. So that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, the stormtroopers are just going like blaster crazy here. They're like, just killing as many people. It reminds me of, again, the... Yeah, the, the, it's- the the breakout where right? no one has weapons and it's like it's just like shooting fish in a barrel yeah. it's it's really yeah. disturbing it is it's it's hard yeah. to watch actually i was like i was getting really like gut wrenching kind of yeah almost like order 66 vibes but like not right. like a little worse when it's just like just firing blindly into a riot it's just like Ugh. oh man it's, it's, civi- yeah, i mean just it's killing rough. civilians right i mean yeah enough. like they're just killing anyone it doesn't matter what they're doing right. they're just pointing and shooting so Right, and I think that message is driven home because Zan is killed here, yes. and he's fighting a he's fighting a stormtrooper. Um, he's like jumped on his back, and yeah, because uh, he was he attacking an old lady. Yes, I, yeah, it's really cool. Um, yeah. But he's shot, and then we get this beautiful shot of him, his like face as its dead body mm. on the floor. I think that the message there is clear. No yeah. matter who you are or how you want to be involved or don't want to be involved, this is going to come for you whether you want it or not. Oh, absolutely. And there, will be, there will be casualties. And so I just think it's a really, and because we spent so much time within this episode, it, it landed a little bit harder. Um, okay, what else happens? Um, the ISB spy is killed by Cinta in the confusion. Yeah, just, that one is good. What a cool kill. I mean, she's like, what are you doing here? And he just she doesn't say anything and just kind of like, guides him into him. this room and then stabs him with in the stomach we don't see yeah. stabbings like that very often in star wars either to be honest no you don't Not and that's a very personal like a way knife. to like kill somebody too it's oh yeah yeah no that was a good kill for her i was like oh man that's pretty awesome yeah it's just... nice kind of seeing him get his comeuppance and it's just another oh, example yeah. of how ruthless cinta is which i think they talked about but we we get to see more and more <laughs> yeah um B2 is being guided out by a leash. I don't know if you saw this, like a big rope. He's like <laughs> yeah, being pulled out. Yeah. I was like dragging him. I know. Yeah. Um, so Cassian kills a death trooper and finds Nurchie's dead body in the hotel. Um, he doesn't know about the whole Nurchie thing, but it's just interesting to see no. that Nurchie also dies uh, here. Yeah, um, he gets glass in the face. It's he dies from the explosion. Yeah. Um, and... Again, it's just, I guess, it, I feel like he didn't need to show that, but but he also doesn't make it. Another person who tries to sell out and, or sold out and or also gets killed in the chaos that he they created by by selling them out, you know? Yeah, so there's yeah. A, there's a message there. Um, also, the the shot to the Death Trooper, pretty badass, right? He, like, dives out of the, yeah. 
out the just side door and get some. Yeah. Yeah. Like a real, um, what's that? Uh, Alan Wake type situation. I don't know if you know what it's out, <laughs> video game with a lot of sideways diving and slow motion. Yeah. But it's cool that he kills a death trooper. I think that really adds some weight to yeah. it. Yeah. Um, it's very so. action movie. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> um, we also see the that big cannon that was on the back of one of those those like tank things, like a 50 oh, cal. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just annihilating people. People getting hit and literally flying. Like, yeah, really oof, visceral oof. action yeah, it's and bad. violence it's here. Bad. Yeah, but cool to look at at the same time. Um, cool, cool in the sense that it was well visualized. I mean, it's just interesting mm-hmm. the way it was shot and stuff. Um, Dedra gets like hit in the head with like a rock or something and gets knocked over and then scrambling yeah. on the ground. We see that a stormtrooper from early on that we said that was sent to the bell tower gets kicked out the window. And we get <laughs> yeah, the, we I get love the that. Wow, love mm-hmm. that too. That's super. I cool. thought. Originally, I thought they were going to try and like snipe that uh, um, the bell tower guy, and I was like, "Oh, people are going to be ringer. pissed yeah. if, yeah, like if you start name, if you apparently. killed him, I like, don't know. yeah." But it's like if you kill him, like the locals are going to be real mad about that too. But I love that the guy's just like, "Fuck you!" Just kicks oh, him yeah. out of the bell he's tower. The, um, <laughs> Amazing. He's, his his official title is Time Grappler. That's his that's oh, his name. Time. That's so grappler. cool. Is yeah, that not the coolest. He needs yeah. to live. Yeah, yeah, he's got a giant Bezcar anvil that he. Yeah, that brings. thing's worth it's more amazing. than the whole the whole planet, basically. But they don't know that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, they and don't then know that um, worth. Dedra scrambling on the ground, rescued by Cyril, and this is a huge moment for all you oh, Dedra yeah. Cyril Karn shippers out there, and there's a lot of them. Gross. Um, she's wants well, a match made in heaven, uh, yeah, or in I hell, know. I guess. <laughs> so she's I, I, her her. Um, performance here, I think, is really, really great. She's yeah, clearly it's very good. She's like hyperventilating. Um, she doesn't know how to react. Like, there's all these things flowing through her. She's like, gr- she's mm-hmm. grateful that he saved her, but also she's like, she feels like she should be angry, but like has to quell that, and then instead is like, um, <laughs> I should say thank you instead. Like, yeah. it just it really, I just, I, I, yeah, yeah. I don't know, what did you make of that? I love that when movie? I love when she he has to say his own name to her, like remind her of his name. Right. She's like, I know that. Like just kind of basically like I was gonna get there, but and then yeah, when she says the whole line of like, I I guess I should say thank you or whatever, and he said, You don't need to. You know, I know for sure that that man is gonna bring that up sometime later. He's gonna be like, But I saved oh, yeah, your life. 100%. He's gonna you don't you use remember it when I saved your life to get something. Yeah. Yes, he's going to use it, not necessarily in like a creep way, but in a way of like either furthering his career or to like guilt her a little bit. And he's no, going to he use loves it. her, remember? He loves I know, her. He but he's still going to use it. He's still going to be like, but I yeah, see your I, life. I'm fascinated I, I now by where, where this story goes. Like, how are they going to be involved in season two? I just don't. It just, oh, yeah. Maybe they're not. And maybe this is where it ends. And we just like wonder about they're what happens gonna to They're both going to be in. Well, she's going to be in shit but, for sure. With I hope they're both on the Death Star when it explodes. <laughs> Same. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um. So, Cinta. Oh, by the way, I've, I'm going to mention this now before before I forget. There is a fi- there is a post credit scene. I don't know if you saw this. Yeah, I did. Um, yeah. There's a post credit scene that is really cool. It visually, it's really mm-hmm. cool of the Death Star being constructed. And it like yes. starts with like robots building it, and then it pulls out further and further and further, mm-hmm. and we see the whole the whole structure, which gets again gives us we know that it's almost done because it's yeah done by the end of by Rogue One, but 
Um, we also see that the things that they were making in the prison were those. Yes, are there. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So Which I think we like, said at okay. one point on the pod. Yes, I think we said we did. that at one point that we're like, oh, maybe they're pieces of the desk art because that would make the most sense. But yeah, I thought it was so funny how small they make them look when those little yes. droids are carrying them. Because if they're like, oh, those are huge, tiny and you're like, you oh, man, it. they're huge. Yeah. And also <laughs> yeah. it's like the worst part of the desk store. It's like it's the. Laser the eye, <laughs> the laser beam. Yeah, yeah, it's the you know the murder planet hole the gun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the dish. So it's I like think oh, it's, it's like Cassian like Loki kind of helped build the Death Star, but also helped destroy it. Yeah, I I think that's really cool. I think that's like a really yeah. Like, and it's, it's like interesting. Uh, it, it, it rhymes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> so Sinta and they'll pack up their hideout. Um, that's it. That's that's really all it is. Yeah. Um, Brasso, one of the daughters of Ferrix, I think he has a name, but I didn't catch it. Pegla and B2 are fueling up a ship in the chaos. Uh, Pegla's staying behind for some reason. I guess, I don't know why we're supposed to believe that that's important, but it is. Andor arrives just in time with Bix, and we get this beautiful moment with B2 where he says, Cassian. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So cool. Oh, by the way, I think her name is Jazz. Jazz. Okay. Like so, yeah, I think that's what it is. Right. Similar. Yeah. Uh, so jazz. <laughs> yeah. I'm almost uh, positive. It's Pigla like jazz or jazz. Yeah. Right. And they, um, so they're, they're making an escape, right? Um, yes. And Andor isn't coming either. Um, and he gives them a little, some tips before he leaves. But then we get this sweet goodbye with B2. That, that yeah. Poor, that poor creature. I love when we get um, to see his point of view. It's so sweet. I know, right? It's always like kind of crooked. <laughs> It's crooked, and he's got well. It's it's a a wide angle lens, so it kind of makes him yeah. feel a little bit further away. But his eye is so round that you have to. It has to be a wide angle lens. But anyway, that's nerdy yeah. stuff. Um, and he says he asks him to take care of Bix. He says, "I'm counting on you." And I love his response, which is, "You always say that." <laughs> and and <Yeah. laughs> even better, that you went up and even further, which says, "And that's because you always come through." And B2, I stand B2. B2 is up there. Like he's quickly j- jumping up the list of my favorite droids. Um, and uh, I, yeah, so I, huge fan, huge fan of B2. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I love this he's little the, goodbye. He's adorable. Every t- it's so sad because every time Cassian sees B2, he has to leave. And I, th- I think there's a little, some tragedy there too. Um, anyway, so he's leaving. Cassian's leaving. And then we have this like really beautiful line from, uh, from Bix, where he says, he'll find us. Cassian will find us. And then he says, I will. Yeah. I will find Ugh. you. And I believe him. I believe we'll see these characters again in season too. two. I yeah. think so, too. I don't think they're going to save them without using them again. It's like, Do you think that they become a part of the, the, the rebellion? rebellion? I think it would be so yes. cool to see them as like soldiers in the rebellion. Right? Of course they do. Yeah. I could totally like, see Brasso as being one of those. Like, oh, you know, like yeah. The, yeah. Even know, just like with his I, name. Like, yeah. I don't know. Brasso is just like such a captain a, or a lieutenant. Yeah, yeah. Captain Brasso. Yeah. Like, it's just, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, for whatever reason, I imagine him being like one of those guys. I know this is technically the, the, the resistance or whatever, but um, in The Last Jedi, when they get to uh, Crate and that guy's like, mm, salt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and it turns out that uh, Ryan Johnson's actually standing next to him. I just can imagine Brasso being the person standing next to him. Um, it just yeah. really fits in there. So anyway, I would love to see that. I hope that's the case. Um, we then yeah, catch I up with Luthen. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Any other? No, I was just like, I can just Andor see, leaving? I can just see Brasso being like another person, kind of like a, 
uh, yeah, almost like a, uh, why am I blanking on this? Like a fulcrum, like another like rebel cell leader. Like he's like another version of fulcrum somewhere else, right? Because, right. you know, like how you have like Ahsoka is one and then you've got, you, um, yeah, different what's cells need different Callus, uh, and yeah. like they all kind of share that name. It's like I can totally see him being like a leader well, of a Andor, rebel cell somewhere Andor else. Andor uses that name at one point. Is that, I think so, sure well. maybe. Andor yeah, also, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. He's also yeah, exactly. So. Um, just, yeah anyway yeah. so that'd be cool I, I totally agree with you um anyway i just think it's a beautiful kind of final moment there mm-hmm. um luthan makes his way back to his ship and is surprised to find cassian there yeah and <laughs> he says you came here to kill me didn't you and luthan doesn't really say anything um and luthan, uh, luthan picks up cassian's blaster and he's basically giving himself up um but says gives him an option he says kill me or take me in and Luthen smiles, yeah. and we cut to Cassian, and he's got a determined look on his face. And then we cut to black, and that's the end of season one. And everyone stands yeah. and cheers, and ah, ah, so good, ah. <laughs> right? Like that's how I. That's like that's how, like I'm standing ovation for this show is how I feel. Um, it deserves. Um, and man, this final, the final, like the this final final moment of the of the season, a little maybe anticlimactic, I suppose, but because we already know where it's going. But I think a lot of people thought Luthen would be dead before the end of the season, and he's going to be back for season two. So that's really cool. Uh, more Stalin Skarsgård, please and thank you. Yes, um, yeah. I love the the realization on Luthen's face when he says "Take me in," because he just witnessed another act of insurrection, another insurrection. Yeah, um, yeah. In in front of him, that was in, in large part inspired by by Cassian's actions. And exactly. I think he yeah. Always had a hunch that Andor was someone that he that would be good to have on his team. That's why he brought him onto the 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 heist job. But right, yeah, you know, he, he got he was a little. I mean, he's he 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 has his own darkness. He talks about this all the time. He was willing to burn Andor just like he was willing to burn Krieger. Um, oh, for sure. But when Andor pulls himself out of it and makes himself kind of like obvious, it makes it obvious that he's more capable than that. Yeah. Um, he's just like he's like. He's he's doing a little jig in his head because he's like, oh man, another sweet, another brilliant informant spy that I can use in my network. I mean, yeah. he's just that capable, and he's just like, this guy's gonna be great. I just oh know. yeah. So that I, I that I think that's really it's inspiring a little bit, but it's also a little anticlimactic because he went there like he's like, you were there to kill me, and he's like, okay, I guess I'll take you in, and that's the that's the twist. <laughs> but it's like he knew he wasn't gonna die, so it's like who cares. Um, so ultimately, well, yeah. the, the big yeah. emotional piece for me was was Marva and her speech. Yes, and of what course. that led to. Um, but uh, so the final moment doesn't need to have all that as much weight as that. Um, and we already got all these really amazing moments when when Cassian saves Bix and when he gets the message yeah. from Brasso and when Marva makes her speech and all these like great moments. Um, I mean, yeah, for me, it's, I so think it's, the it's stuff, fine. the stuff with him and Luthen. I think that just leads to him to Cassian being more involved with the rebellion and like yes in, in a bigger way because it's like you kind of need Luthen to bring him in for it to be a bigger way. Um, well, so. yeah, he needs he's the right character to do it, and it, yeah. he's been set up that way the whole time. I mentioned before as being that recruiter type, so exactly. it had to be him. Um, which, but so it works. Um, no complaints there. Just saying, in terms of like the final moment, is that like mm-hmm. sometimes you yeah. end a series. Or a season on like this like like brilliant like whoa moment i 
I don't right. think that and that was a little yeah that. that's fair but that's, I got but you. that's totally I got you. fine okay any thoughts final thoughts on the this episode and the season as a whole before we wrap up here oh I mean we've said it time and time and again just about how how good it is and yeah I I just it baffles me to see people online like hating on it because I do still see that and it just like I just I don't understand how you can't enjoy it. I get it that I've it seen, starts off a little I've slow. I've probably but seen more unified. I do see a lot I've of like more unified positive stuff at this point. It's just in the comments. There's you're always like, the guys in the comments, sure, but, or people oh, yeah, in the I get comments. That. Don't read the comments. Like, oh, it's shit. I was, I know, I was um, perusing <laughs> Twitter, perusing for the Twitter, most part. And yeah, I was thinking like, man, like people almost universally love this show. Like the people who've been yeah. following Star Wars for a long time. I don't think there's anyone that I know who's like a big Star Wars fan who's like this. So the show sucks. No, um, no. Most of the accounts and stuff that I follow are all like singing praises, which it deserves. It's the writing is so good, the the characters, the acting, everything is just incredible. So I, I I'm not relieved. Yeah, I'm not left disappointed on any aspect with this show. Like it's no, to me, it's one thing. great. Yeah, I'm like and honestly, think, like, it's, Tony Giro, I think is like he's he's talked about some of the lessons he's learned from season one and. It's like it's almost as if he's been reading the comments and is like getting ahead of it in terms of the things he wants to address for season two. He wants to bring more aliens into season two, season two to have more representation. Yeah, uh, we talked about that's great. That, you know, bringing you know maybe pulling in a more of a the traditional Star Wars feel into it to kind of blend the the the, the tones a little bit. Yeah, we talked about again obviously setting the stage here for saying you can do new and interesting things with Star Wars. Please go do that, right? And it's not a competition. He doesn't have to be all like this now. Um, so he's no. like really, you know, his interviews are, I think have been, I've only seen snippets. I haven't read them all, but I worth going and looking at them because they are, um, I think, I think he really understands like the, what his job is here. What's right. the, what's yeah. the, that's yeah. the meme. Uh, he understood it. He understood the, the assignment. The, he understood the assignment. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, he, I just can't wait for season two. I think it's going to be, I think it's like a full year off at least maybe more um and i think that's a that's kind of sucks but probably I cannot yeah. wait we're not really going to see the ripples of this show affect other parts of star wars i think um for at least a year and a half because things like um the acolyte and all uh, some of these and and ahsoka are already in production right but i right, think yeah. as we get closer to like whatever that thrawn finale is um for the kind of the Mandoverse, I think Ooh, yeah, we'll start seeing so excited some of the, for that. the elements of this show kind of affecting the way that they kind of think about it and 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 set up yeah the the Thrawn stuff because I think you can if you can bring a little bit of this nuance and 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 darkness and um uh, and thoughtfulness to Thrawn and his character in live action, I think that would go a long way. Um, but again, my final oh, thoughts. Thrawn's I think this, so cool, and they better do him right because I've yeah, been reading well, all think, the books, and he's just like he's so good. So well, I think so. Lars Mikkelsen, I'm pretty sure, will be the one doing him in live action. I think so. Yes, yeah. Is the same voice that from Rebels. Yeah, um, perfect. And I think that's good because I like that's a great. I think it's been a great performance. So yes, be yes great yes. to see that in live action. Um, but back to Andor for a moment here before we wrap up. Um, I think this finale was everything that the show was like it, it it didn't break the mold of the show in the finale it just brought it all up to you know 11 right yeah we get yeah, this amazing exactly. action sequence we get these amazing uh, these amazing speeches um the, the 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 thematically it all ties together um 
so I think it's I think this season at this complete season episodes one through twelve masterpiece in my opinion hands one of the best shows on television this year easily outside of Star Wars um, so yeah the, like I said before the gauntlet's been thrown um, and I, it's now up to Star Wars creators everywhere else in the world to um, to kind of pick up I think where where Tony Gilroy is leaving off and say we can do better. Um, and I certainly hope that that's the message. Uh, you know, I think if people are upset with, with Disney star Wars or have been upset with Disney star Wars, I think this is a, like a real shot in the arm. Um, and you know, I can't wait for movies to come back because I think that this will inspire different types of movies that we're going to be able to see. And we haven't seen star Wars in the big screen since episode nine. Uh, and that movie sucks. So yeah, I would like to yeah. see a good one, <laughs> you know, something with, you know, it doesn't have to be in the vein of rogue one, but Again, unique and in and, and singular in its message and its tone and its style. Um, that that um and, and that this show has done that and I praise it for that. I think it's so good. I'm sure there's a million things that I'm I'm forgetting to say, but there's gonna be plenty of opportunity to talk about how good this show is. I'm gonna I can't wait to rewatch it. I don't typically rewatch stuff, but I'm gonna rewatch the show on my TV back home once I have the opportunity <laughs> to. Yeah. Um, and with the big sound and all that stuff. And I just can't, I, that's going to be a whole, even, I, it's just like, it's going to be even better knowing kind of like, I think as an, in a rewatch, I, you know, watching episodes twice before we record these, I think I get a lot of that experience already, but holistically, right, yes, I can't yes, wait yes, to yes. get it all together. Um, you know, with now the context of all 12 episodes from episode one, I think it'll give it a lot more weight. I, so I just think, again, I have not, there's, I have nothing bad to say about the show. I'm so happy we got no, to cover me neither. it. I just like, it's so, it was so much fun to cover. It, it had twists yeah, and yeah. turns and the characters grew and we, and, and we grew with them and our hearts yeah, broke with them. Just, it was just like, it was like a real ride. And I just thought, yeah, wow, just what a fun time. So many time. different settings too. And like, it's, it's oh, really yeah. cool. You're not just stuck on Coruscant. one planet the whole time. It's Coruscant. You get to see the inside of these prisons. You get to see like, yeah, different mm. different worlds and different so many different settings and so many different feels. It's it's very very cool. It takes you to a lot of different points. So I like it. I like it a yes. lot. Totally, hundred percent agree. Um, well, on that note, uh, I think we can we can wrap it up. We're gonna take a like I said, I'm gonna take a a, a short break. Uh, we'll I'll try to do another yeah. Star Wars episode before uh, maybe for the for the holidays before. Uh, uh, the Bad Batch picks up in the new year. Yeah, we should um, do um, uh, Tales of the Jedi. Yes, we need to cover Tales of the Jedi in more depth. And uh, I would like to still do my favorite Obi-Wan moments. I've, we forgot to do that. So oh, we'll yeah. try to squeeze that in too. We'll see. Um, but either way, there's going to be a short break um, after the, now that Andor is wrapped up. There will be more Tower Babble podcasts that'll come, I, not next week, but the week after, I believe, um, when I can really get down and, and figure out what a, a show plan should look like for that. Um, I'll try to get Jeremy into the, the studio in person. Um, anyway, there's lots to lots to talk about still. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to finish my vacation. I'm going to fly yeah. home <laughs> and sleep for three days. Yeah, and, most likely. Uh, and then I'm gonna hit, we're going to get back at it. Sounds good. All right. On that note, then, we'll see you um, when we see you. But until then, <laughs> may the force be with you. <laughs>